Hey guys, it's John here. Wanted to interject real quick and just give you a heads up that you might see some episode numbers out of order. Um, I'm going to release episode 55 first, before 54, um, because this is the episode 55 is the Oshkosh episode, and I wanted to make sure that this got out before uh, the show actually began. So to do that, this was an easy one to edit, so I just um, wanted to drop it in the feed real quick for you guys to listen to. And um, that way you can kind of get a little preview of uh, what we're talking about um, at Osh this week. 54 uh, will be following, um, probably not until after Osh. Um, I'm going to be editing that this week. But it, it, was, uh, it was a really good episode. We had a surprise guest that I think you guys are really going to like. But I wanted to make sure that that episode got the time and care that it needed um, to be as good as it, as it was. So I'm going to go ahead and drop 55. So with that, I'm going to let you listen to it, and I uh, really hope you enjoy our Oshkosh preview episode, and uh, look forward to giving you guys um, dailies throughout the week. Welcome to the In the Pattern podcast. Make left traffic, clear for the option. Minneapolis departure, Archer 641, Charlie, Charlie, 2000, climbing 3000. Line up and wait, 7 range, for my Kelvin. Mark Tower, 172, Romeo Hotel, Hold Short, Hold 133, ready to take off. I'm John. I'm Chris. I'm Brad. And I'm Mark. And we are the In the Pattern Podcast. Welcome to episode 55 of the In the Pattern Podcast. This is Chris. And along with me tonight, I've got the whole crew, Brad, John, and Mark. How are you guys doing this evening? Very good, very good. Outstanding. Excellent, excellent. We are just uh, a little over a week away from Oshkosh. Everybody's getting pretty excited. Lots of buzz. A little over a week? Well, for me. Some of us leave in like four days. (laughs) Some people's been there for several days already. Um yeah. And then there's some of us that don't get to go. Uh, yeah, we are going to miss you a lot this year. Makes us sad. <laughs> we thought we had you hook, line, and sinker after after last year. Just we thought I, for sure I was that it was go. just it was. No, I was ready to go, but the the Oshkosh money was redirected to other things. Mm. I hate when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll uh, do our best not to um, call you out too much while we're there. Or make you jealous. I, I expect or whatever. a lot of. I expect a lot of Periscope hits hits on my phone. There you go. I want to. I want to see a lot of live broadcasting via Periscope. Follow FlyOPA. Why would we do that? And if you see any come up on Dave Flies on Twitter, yell at him and tell him to use FlyOPA. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but but we should have we should have a bunch of feeds actually going up throughout the show. So cool. We're gonna try to. That's gonna be the content we're pumping out. So excellent. And then we're gonna do some. We're gonna do some dailies here. I know once you guys come up, definitely. So yeah, I am uh, super pumped about it. Uh, first year flying in for us. It's uh, it's pretty exciting and. Um, also a little bit nerve-wracking at the same time, being that it's such a long flight. Um, you know, what 
what we're going to do is is fly to um, his parents' house. We're landing in uh, DuPage, Illinois, a little outside of Chicago a little bit. And we're going to stay the night there on Wednesday and then fly in first thing in the morning on Thursday. So we should be there bright and early on Thursday, um, given the weather cooperates. So as that happens to be the actual deciding factor flying into Osh any year, I suppose, right? Yeah, though so far the outlook is pretty good for for the end of the week. Um, So when I checked today, it looked like, uh, you know, uh, highs, low 80s. The lows were going to be in the 60s, which is pretty comfortable at night. And the pressure was pretty much rising all week. So it was looking like after um, a couple iffy, iffy possible thunderstorm days, Sunday and Monday, it's going to be looking good. Obviously, we're still pretty far out, but... yeah. Um, we're still over a week or, or more out, but so far the outlook is looking pretty good. So we'll see how it, how it stands. What was the highs you um, said? Uh, it looks like 81, 82. Oh so pretty comfortable. Oh, compared um, to the last great. couple of years, it was just well, actually, no, the last couple of years haven't been bad. It was, it was well, the humidity was it, three years. Bad, it was, but... well, there's always gonna be humidity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Especially I mean, for you, <laughs> yeah, but, um, three years ago was the one where it was 105 the first like three days. Yeah. With humidity, which would have melted you, so that's why I always come for the end, to the last part of the show. <laughs> you come for the whole thing; you get to experience it all. That uh, so, so that picture. Brad, Brad, go ahead. I was going to say, so Brad, you're going to go in Thursday too? Yeah, I am departing Thursday morning, and uh, should get there, you know, roughly ten to eleven ish, you know, before the before the air show starts. So I was going to say, you guys should try to coordinate and get there at the same time. Yeah, we could totally land in formation. Meet, meet over Ripon. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, but I think you guys should definitely, Chris, you and Franz should definitely get there first because you orbiting in your plane costs a lot less than me orbiting in mine. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, at least you could land via IFR or, or you can deal with an IFR situation where we can't. So, Is Franz only VFR? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, is he planning on getting his iFire in the Mini? Absolutely. I'm, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So 17.999 is, or 17.5 on the way out and 16.5 on the way back? Absolutely. <laughs> That's the plan. Yeah, I. Um, so speaking of the weather, you guys saw that picture Larry put up, uh, was that yesterday? Of those ominous-looking oh, yeah. ominous clouds in the background. Looks so like some funnel clouds going on yeah, there. Yeah, this stuff looked like it was touching the ground. That was kind of scary. I don't, he didn't really say of any winds or anything, but it looked pretty nasty. Yeah. doesn't surprise me, though, because, you know, yep, that, in the summer like this, you see, I mean, we've seen a couple of years we've had tornadoes at Osh during the show, so. Mm-hmm. That passed uh, That passed by us the previous night. Oh. And, wow. And uh, it was like daylight <laughs> outside. I mean, it was just ridiculous. With the lightning going off in the clouds and With, stuff? It was, yeah, it was continuous lightning. Mm. Just amazing. Um, better this week than next week. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, let, let's hopefully it get you know it gets it out of its system before it makes an appearance. Oh, I see what there. you did there. I don't. I don't know if you can <laughs> buy that in uh, buy it in Phoenix, um, but mosquito repellent is going to be a thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, the that's more, what I. That's what I heard. The more deep, the better. <laughs> I will be making a stop at the Target across the street as soon as I get up there to load up on all kinds of those supplies. Yeah, it's a good um, plan. 
Yeah, yeah. The the target definitely is is frequented a lot. It's like the, it's usually the first <laughs> first stop of, like almost every year that I've got there. All right, time for a target. Well, and the crazy thing for me is the fact that they sell liquor in the target. <laughs> that doesn't happen in Maryland. You cannot buy liquor in a Target or a grocery store so or funny. a convenience store. It's literally you have to go to a liquor store to get it. There's like so it's it's crazy. Arizona's so funny. It's just it's more than just the Wild West out here because not only can you purchase liquor just about anywhere and on any day, Sundays included. Um, you know, you can open carry a gun, you can conceal carry a gun without a permit. It doesn't matter. Um all kinds of Stuff like that that's an issue for other places seems to be just okay out here. Uh, yeah, well. Weird. Well, I'll be hitting up the Target for some lineys, you know. Welcome yeah. welcome myself to, to Wisconsin, so I'm looking Don't forward to linies. it. I, I always anywhere. got it. Well, first of all, I'm going to have Dave in my car, so you know he's going for the Barry Vice first thing. And I'm not a fan of that. Summer Shandy. Um, uh, I don't like the summer shandy. It's so not beer. Lemony. Um, it's good. It's lemon fresh. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's, Actually, it's I probably won't pledge be picking up. Had something to do with the recipe. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm drinking one right now. Shut up. That is their most, most best-selling uh, best-selling one. Is it? Sadly. Yeah, that's. Brad sad. will be bringing in some new Glarus. Yes, I will be. I, that will be the first place that I go at tar- to pick up a target is <laughs> i will be picking up the nuclearis brews because i can't get them just across the border in minnesota <laughs> that's that's nuts but i know exactly where those are in that uh that target too so i think we all visited that target together actually uh, i think oh, we, yeah. did. <laughs> we did i have a picture of the target full of nuclearis beer mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> from last year's trip uh, john what does that say about you that you know exactly where it is in the target <laughs> Hey, hey, what can I say? <laughs> I do have a kegerator in my house. You know that, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Though I haven't had beer in it for a couple months, but hey. But uh, do you have a liquor license? No. <laughs> no, I don't. It's kind of hard to come by in Maryland. Yeah, let's see. Anywho. That's okay. That's okay. Okay, back to airplane stuff. So, airplane closing the beer stuff. podcast. Back hey, to the airplane <clears throat> podcast. I've, I've got some, uh, before we get going with that, I have some uh, some news, some updates, as it were. Um, and I meant to talk Uh-oh. about this in episode 54 and just totally forgot. Um, in a previous episode, I talked about this uh, TSA experience I had back in January. Like, just heard about that. Yeah, I just, just heard about that, to that too. What? <laughs> um, where I did something incredibly stupid and, and uh, decided to open and walk out a secured door. And anyways... The um, basically the the long and short of it is is that if you heard the uh, previous episode that talked about that, you know the story behind it. And if uh, you haven't, then jump back to that episode and and check it out. I think that's episode episode fifty three. Yes, all right, fifty three. Bender, I believe. <clears throat> that's correct. So what happened was is that um, I I ended up getting a uh, certified mail uh, from the TSA. This said, I'll just, just read it real quick. Uh, the Transportation Security Administration at Phoenix, Ma- uh, Phoenix uh, Mesa Gateway Airport is investigating an alleged violation <laughs> of the TSA 49 Code of Federal Regulations, CFR, blah, 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 blah. Anyways, it says that no person may tamper or interfere with, uh, compromise, modify, attempt to circumvent, or cause a person to tamper or interfere with, com- compromise, modify, 
or attempt to circumvent any security system, measure, or procedure implemented under this subchapter. Violation of this regulation is subject to a civil penalty of up to $11,000 per violation. Gulp. Um, so specifically, it says on January 29th, 2015, at approximately 7.15 a.m. Um, at Phoenix Mesa Gateway Airport, you allegedly forced open. I Forced? Come on. With my pinky, I could open the door. Anyways. Um, forced open an access point at gate 10 and entered a secured area without being authorized to enter the secured area. As part of TSA's investigation in those circumstances of this alleged violation, we are providing this opportunity for you to submit in writing any information regarding this matter. This information should be submitted within 20 calendar days from the date of this letter and should be sent to this particular person of the TSA uh, here in Phoenix. Um, and any information any information will be uh, you provide will be duly considered in our investigation if you do not respond within the specified time frame or within an extension of time granted by the undersigned. An investigative report will be completed without the benefit of your input. So <clears throat> that being said, I was thrilled the day that I got this because I was kind of under the assumption based on what that police officer told me that they were just going to make their decision without talking to me. So I was I was glad to get the opportunity to um, blay, uh, bleh, beg and plead uh, my case. And uh, so I, I sent uh, this person a nice little letter and just kind of gave her a heads up as to, you know, what was going through my mind. You know, I was running late and so forth. And um, there was no gate agent at the gate, but I could see everybody outside. I wasn't trying to storm the plane or anything. I was just trying to board the plane like everyone else, yada, yada, yada. So anyways, to make a long story short, um, they sent me a letter back uh, probably three or four weeks later after I sent uh, this. And they said, uh, we're going to let you off this time, but if you do it again, it would be a bad, bad idea. So... Luckily, uh, no fine, uh, no penalty. I'm sure this is on some sort of permanent record of mine, but um, at this point, uh, I'm uh, I'm grateful that they've decided not to, you know, do anything more severe than a slap on the hand and you know better than this, don't do it again, type of thing. So yay. That's uh, that's good to hear. <laughs> no jail timer fines for you. Yay. But don't do it again. Yeah, don't do it again. I, uh, I wonder what will happen when you try to fly commercial. Well, I've, I've th- flown several times since then. As a matter of fact, fact I, yeah, it, it hasn't been a problem. Um, I've went through TSA. I'm not on any do not fly list. I would, um, the only way I'd be on a do not fly list or anything like that would be uh, if I got fined and didn't, and didn't pay the fine from what I was told. But anyways, at the end of my letter, I just told him, I'm truly sorry for going through that door and regret making that decision. I wish the gate agent had been there when I showed up. Um, I would have still begged and pleaded for them to let me on the plane, but I guarantee you I wouldn't have just opened the door and went outside, you know. It was, uh, it was just kind of a common sense thing, obviously, you know. I, I take full responsibility. However, it would be nice if there was actually a human standing at the gate like there would normally be at every other airport. But Gateway's small, and um, Allegiant Airlines is, is, is also small, and they do um, with less. So, 
that's that. So happy about that. Um, and um, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> all right. So let's talk about flying. Let's talk about it. Okay. John, you go first. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I got nothing. You saw a fl- you saw a plane fly over the house the other day, and you looked Actually, up. Actually, I, I am <laughs> I am under one of the approaches to BWI. Oh, really? So, um, yeah, I get I, they're all they're all over the place. Ninety percent southwest. I'm a um, I'm under the approach into Phoenix as well. Of course, at at, at where I'm at, you know, they're still probably at uh, eight eight nine thousand feet. I'd imagine. No, no, we're probably um, two three. Oh. Two or three thousand, if that. They're pretty low. Um, Watch for that blue ice. It actually might be. Low. I don't know. I mean, sometimes they're gear out. So, um, hmm. yeah. But that's uh, that's the extent of it. Um, I have been debating. I know we talked last episode about some of the options I had for getting back into flying, and I've been thinking about it more and um, kind of where I'm going to go in terms of. Uh, flight schools and stuff like that if i'm gonna stay where i am or go somewhere else i was thinking some more about it and i don't know i might be going to um uh what is it uh baybridge airport which is um right next to the chesapeake bay bridge over in the eastern shore of maryland and um that's why it's called bay bridge that's why it's called bay bridge all right and the cool part about it is and for the record that's the chesapeake bay bridge north not the long Baybridge Tunnel that's in Virginia, because um, it's also I think Baybridge Tunnel or something like that. But anyway, um, th- I was looking at them, and there's two flight schools um, on the field. One is um, Trident, I think. I, I had to look. Um, the other one is Chesapeake Sport Aviation, and um, they do a bunch of sport pilot stuff as well as um, I think it's Siri. Is how you pronounce it? But it's basically C Ray, mm. if you look at it. But they're um, they're amphibs, uh, light sport amphibs. So um, oh, the C Rays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if they're. I don't actually know how to pronounce that. If it was C Ray or Siri. No, it's actually S E A R A Y. Well, yeah, I know it's C-ray. written that way, but I didn't know if it was pronounced. Yeah, they're uh, they're called C Rays. They were the okay. they had a um. A couple years ago, when I was at Osh, they had a cool little thing over there at the uh, at the seaplane base. They were, yeah, I know, yes. you could pay for rides. I think they were about a hundred bucks for about maybe a fifteen minute ride or something. They were doing demos. Well, they're um they're like big headquarter, like not headquarter. They're um training, and one of their big sales centers is at that airport. Um, so they have a bunch of them over there. So um. I'm probably going to actually go over and check it out at some point in the fall. Um, but what I'm actually thinking about for getting back in the air is not actually going there first. I'm going to go to um, Trident, I'm thinking, and do my BFR because I'm up for a BFR in October. So I'm just going to do that whenever I get back into it because I need to go with an instructor anyway because it's been, you know, I'm out of my currency, whatever. Um, but they are an open airplane um, location. Oh, so, so you can do your universal pilot checkout. If I'm doing the BFR, BFR, yeah, yeah. If I'm doing the BFR anyway, I might as well. Um, and so that'll get me into that into the system. And their rates are actually pretty good. Um, they're less than what I'm paying now for 172. Um, I wouldn't be flying the diamond, but that's okay. Um, 
and they have an SP, they have a P, a couple other ones. I think they have some G1000s, if I'm correct. So anyway, I'm really thinking about doing that because um, I'm going to have to do the BFR anyway. So I might as well just do the Universal Pilot Checkout, which I had been debating on doing for a while. And um, yeah, so that's kind of what I'm thinking now. So we'll see. I still got a couple months before I'm going to do it. But that's kind of my plan. Um, but that's pretty much all I've been up to. And then getting ready for Osh because I got to leave in a couple days and I am not packed. <laughs> and I had to edit two podcasts. So, hey. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well, you could have edited the podcast a while ago. I've been busy. <laughs> Priorities, huh? Things get in yeah. the way. The job thing, you know. Mm. Um, Brad, you've been flying a little bit more too. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, I got a couple of flights in, I both to roughly the same neck of the woods. I flew up to um, I flew up to Madeline Island, which is in the Apostle Islands, uh, North Wisconsin. It's technically in Lake Superior, and uh, just took a, a sanity day that day and, and headed up there and had a really nice, relaxing day. Um, half an hour in the Mooney. Uh, and was it just a, an easy, glorious VFR flight? Uh, and then I'm trying to find this. Trying to find four Romeo five. I'm actually just looking at like a Google map. Where am I at? In uh, in in uh, well, starting at Minneapolis. Where would you go? Go go north. Okay. Till you hit Lake Superior, and then go east. Okay. And it's near Ashland or. Or just pull up Sky Vector and type in four Romeo five. Okay, I have some. Um, there it is. Uh-huh. There it is. Yeah. Um, so it's got a little. It's got a little paved strip in the middle of it, and it's about a. Well, it's a mile or so walk, but there are bikes. But the bike had a lot of rust and two flat tires, <laughs> so it was a difficult ride into town but there's a bike shop in town that let me use a bike pump and i was able to inflate inflate one of the two tires uh which made the ride somewhat easier (laughs) but not entirely trivial um so i've been thinking about buying some folding bikes (laughs) adding those to the adding those because they're pretty easy to carry and uh get you out of a lot of jams at little airports and in little towns um but uh, uh, j- yeah, just had a great day, and uh, just needed to get away for a bit, and did so. And the the airplane provided a, a perfect vehicle for for getting someplace that, you know, it's four to five hours to drive there, and it was thirty minutes in the Mooney. Um, that that was just a joy. Awesome. Uh, and the other the other flight that I've done recently was uh, to Duluth, which is not far. It's just west of. Yeah, it's at the end uh, of the... It's at the end yep. of Lake Superior, the western end of Lake Superior. Um, and it's a port city. And there are two airports there, one of which is right down by the water, and the other is uh, Duluth International, which I've flown into a bunch of times, talked about on the podcast a few times before. They have an 11,000-foot runway. What? Uh, <laughs> yeah. A, a over two-mile-long runway? Yeah. Wow. Practice for Osh. <laughs> yeah, you can get your three takeoff and landings f- to full pattern altitude space uh, without ever turning. Yeah, it's uh, they fly 
they used to fly B-52s and they fly a lot of F-16s and, and some, some bigger stuff up there. Um, so that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, it was a little bit hazy on the way up, but nothing like the return flight. Uh, on the return ri- flight, it was listed as five miles haze and it got down to pushing the boundaries of VFR. Um, you know, it was, it was, you could see the ground from, from 2,000, 2,500 feet up, but it was, it was really hazy. Uh, and you couldn't see very far in front of you at all. Mm. And, uh, that was from the smoke from the Canadian wildfires, uh, which got so thick on Monday that all of the airports in the Twin Cities were IFR, uh, because you couldn't, the visibility was down to like a mile and a quarter. Uh, which is that's pretty tight. Yeah. Um, and but in this case, uh, the day I was flying, it was not. Uh, it was the Friday before that, and it wasn't. It wasn't that bad, but it was pretty thick. And uh, also came across two little tiny thunderstorm cells that were just a, a couple of miles across, uh, but were right on our route of flight. And Duluth approach uh, gave us the heads up and. We were able to get under them with no problem. I mean, they 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 were four thousand or five thousand feet, and I was at twenty five hundred to thirty five hundred feet, and so we were well underneath them. But uh, I I could hear some flights that had that were IFR that were flying through uh, those clouds, and they were really getting beat up pretty good. Um, but we uh, didn't encounter any weather, no rain, no no turbulence really at all. And flew right underneath them, and and that was the extent of the the difficulty. You know, other than the fact that you couldn't really see very much, so there was nothing. You know, there, you couldn't get any good photos of anything. Um, other than that, it was a really pleasant and easy flight. Um, and uh, yeah, getting ready to fly to Oshkosh next week in the six. Uh, I may, after we're done recording tonight, head out to the airport and get night current. Um, not that I'm going to be flying into Oshkosh or out of Oshkosh at night because the field is open from eight to six, um, but uh, it will be or eight to eight, I think. Uh, it's in the notum. Read the notum. Um, but I will be uh, uh, doing another flight shortly after Oshkosh, um, essentially circumnavigating Lake Michigan, so going down through past Chicago, through the corner of Indiana. Up through up the eastern uh, coast of Lake Michigan, uh, through maybe landing at Mackinac Island, haven't really decided yet, uh, and then and then back around, um, probably flying over Door County, uh, and then uh, across Wisconsin back to uh, back to the Twin Cities, and that should be uh, a really nice flight, uh, a lot of fun. So. That's kind of my my thing in a nutshell. I, I just put in an Amazon order for some cots for to bring to Oshkosh since I have the six, and Mark's not coming with, so I have a lot of room in the plane. <laughs> Pack that minivan. Sorry. Yeah, I could practically bring my boat. Um, <laughs> hey, you never know. Another Oshkosh. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Uh, who needs a seaplane rating? Just bring a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I figured it out with Aiden and I in there. And full tanks, 84 gallons of fuel, I can carry 550 pounds of cargo. Wow. <laughs> wow. 
So whoever's picking us up from general, general aviation camping, bring some friends in a minivan. <laughs> you could do that, or Mark and his luggage. <laughs> but, no. We're done shaming, I'm sorry. <laughs> you promised, Chris. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I, while we're there, I promise not to do that. Uh-huh. <sighs> All right, listeners, you, you remember, if you hear anything on any of these <laughs> dailies. All right, all right, all right. But that's what I have to report. Cool. Cool. Uh, I, I, jealous of that, that flying up there. I know um, some of those areas look amazing. I, I love that, uh, those lakes and stuff. There's so much stuff to look at over there. Uh, you've got a lot of stuff to look at. We do. I, I know, but... <laughs> It's just different, right? You always want what you can't have, what you don't have, or whatever. Um, if only there was a way to quickly get from one place to another. Yeah. <laughs> qu- qu- I guess quickly um, is a relative term in this case. <laughs> starts with an M. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ends with an uni. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like uni. Apostle Islands. I was looking at those. It, it's, uh, it, that's really cool. There's just all these scattered little... Is there stuff on all of those or not necessarily? No, they're mostly um, state park. Okay. Um, but there's camping on all of them. If you, you oh, know, really? You, can, so you, can, you like... can rent a boat and charter a sailboat and go and camp, or you can just drop anchor and hike and those kinds of things on them. Cool. Well, it looks fun. Yeah. It is. Except when Lake Superior gets wily. Then it's just, it's really exciting. <laughs> Then you wish you didn't have the sailboat. Yeah. How about Mark? You been up to anything? I think you have. Uh, I have. Uh, let's see. Let me look at my notes. Uh, I got my medical done. Yay. Woo! Woo! <laughs> um, that was actually a couple of months ago. But uh, I, I had to go to a new uh, uh, DPE. Wait, not a DPE. Uh, what do you call it? Emmy. 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 Yeah, and Amy. Amy. A- Amy. And uh, and he gave me a full physical, and you know, besides, because he, he's also a general practitioner, so he gave me a full physical, and he started reading some of the regs, and he's all, "Oh, well, you're a you're a bigger than normal kind of guy." So according <laughs> to the according, and uh, and then he goes, and this is not a fat joke. He goes, but you're just because of your stature. He goes, according to the uh, the. The uh, FAA, you need to go get a sleep apnea test. Yeah, Not anymore. <laughs> F. So uh, I got, I actually, when I got my medical, he filed, he actually called them to get the verification, um, which was actually kind of interesting. I'm sitting in his office and he called, uh, he called up uh, Oklahoma and uh, talked to, talked to somebody and go, yeah, with, with this, this person and, and these numbers, then yeah, you need to get, a, get that test done. And uh, so I uh, called to make the appointment, but I haven't got – or I, I've called to get the recommend, what do you call it, the referral from my doctor. And <laughs> so I'm supposed to get a call this week, and I haven't heard from him yet. But uh, but I did in the meantime get a regular letter and a certified letter from the FAA saying, you have 90 days to comply or we're going to pull your ticket. I was like, ah, you mm. – I think that they got that yanked. Uh, unless it changed within the last – Couple of weeks. Um, I have to. I'll, I'll check. But I I would call AOPA. Okay. Uh, I know that be, I know that's one of those things that they're. That, I mean, if I was uh, an airline pilot, 
or if I was a commercial pilot, uh, maybe. But I, I get the justification, but I don't have any of the symptoms except for my stature. So I don't get tired in the afternoon, and I don't, I don't peel the paint uh, significantly when I sleep. And I don't. My my wife says that I don't stop breathing when I when I sleep. So, but we'll see. So that's the one the one uh, caveat with my medical. Um, let's see. I got my BFR done. That was a that was a, a no big deal. It was just kind of a, like we had talked about before, I was kind of like stressed out a little bit, almost like it was a check ride. And you guys all said, no, it's nothing like that. You're just going to go fly with your instructor and show them you can do what you got to do. And Sure enough, it wasn't. And yeah, it was no big deal. I was like, oh, oh yeah, this is how you slow fly. And this is how you, you know, turn around a point. This is how you, you know, power on, power off stall. It was really a, a kind of a refresher and it was kind of cool. And yeah, I did that and I can go back and fly and go back and do what I, I, I want to do. So, that being said, um, uh, my friend Keith picked up his, I don't know if I talked about it in the last episode, but he picked up his now third uh, Cirrus. Uh, he has got another one? Yeah, he, well, if you remember... I knew, he, I knew he got rid of I knew he sold it. He had to get rid of the second one, which was the 22 Turbo, which was a gorgeous airplane. Um, then he was without wings for, I don't know, three, four months, and... Um, he contacted the local, um, I want to say her name is Karen, but that, I'm not hundred percent sure the local Cirrus rep. And, uh, she put him in contact with a guy, uh, who's also a podcast listener. Um, I found out later. Our other listener. Yeah. Uh, that, so she put him in contact with Keith and, um, they were looking together and so they went and picked it up. It was actually, I think in Texas. Um, the owner of the flight school up in Auburn, where I, where I got my ticket and Keith got his ticket, um, actually works for the FAA now. And he um, was in Oklahoma City doing some training. So when Keith called him up and said, hey, can you, you know, when you get some downtime, can you go take a look at this plane? So he, he drove down or flew down or whatever and checked it out and said, it's beautiful. So they went and had the full inspection done. And anyway, Keith flew out. Uh, met Dennis, and then they flew it back uh, probably a month ago now. And uh, this one is a it's a SR22, normally aspirated, no turbo, but it has the uh, um, not the Abadine system, but the perspective, the Garmin perspective, and uh, it's really really nice. So uh, Keith wanted to get he wanted to get used to the 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 uh, perspective system. Um, he's flown it a few times, but uh, I went up with him one afternoon uh, as a safety pilot so he could shoot some um, uh, some IFR and do some approaches and holds. And um, so we put in, I think, about two and a half hours that day, um, shot four approaches, GPS and ILS and all kinds of fun stuff and fun. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. I you know I, I enjoy doing those with him because every time I do it. Uh, I go fly with him, I learn more, you know, about, you know, the whole IFR ticket and everything and, and uh, really get a good understanding of what he's doing, what, uh, when you're talking to uh, approach, what they're, what they're doing with you and, and, and it just worked out really well. So I actually, uh, I shot a couple of uh, Periscope uh, videos uh, while we were taking a couple of the approaches and uh 
So if you are out there looking and you see some of the archived Periscope stuff, it's out there. Um, it was kind of fun. So um, let's see. We did that. Um, I haven't flown with him since. Um, I did some some cap flight stuff, um, flew right seat observer. Um, but it's funny. Every time, it doesn't matter because we did a couple of uh, SARXs. Uh, it doesn't matter which pilot I fly with. They always tend to go, okay, we're up. Uh, you want to fly? And I end up flying most of the mission anyway until we get on on our site where we've got to actually do our search or do whatever. But uh, um, so I, I don't nice. log any of that time. It's just it's just all fun time. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I've done that. I think I logged since uh, since I got my my medical my BFR. I think I've probably logged about another ten or twelve hours um, up in the uh, in the Arrow, which. I love flying that plane. It's it's old and seen better days, but it's a fun plane to fly. Um, let's see. And then I was on Facebook, I don't know, probably a couple of weeks ago, and all of a sudden this new flight school popped up at the airport that's like 10 minutes away from my house. Hmm. I'm like, oh. And they said, we guarantee we beat, our rates will beat anybody in the area. I'm like, oh, you have my interest. <laughs> so I go to their website, and they they now have two airplanes. It's a It's a growing school. They have a... Um, a uh, Piper 140 with 160 horse. Uh, uh, it's an O320, I believe, or O360. Um, so it's uh, uh, upgraded. Um, they've actually upgraded the avionics inside, so it's got uh, GPS, autopilot, some other stuff. So I'm actually going to go get checked out in that on Thursday afternoon. Nice. And it's o- it's only 110 an hour. Nice. Wet. All right. Yeah, that is nice. Compared go. to a hundred and I think I've been playing in like a hundred and fifty an hour in the, wow. in the arrow. So um, that'll make it a lot easier. And it's the same. It's the same size fuselage, basically. It's a, it's a little bit shorter than the arrow and the archer, but they say with this uh, hundred and sixty horse motor in it, they actually flew up to uh, Tahoe Truckee, um, and and to get in there, you got to get up to I think probably about ten thousand feet to get over some of the hills and then drop back down into a basin. But um, they said two guys. It would be like um, the guys that I met, Brad, would be like you and I flying. And they oh, no. said, no, they said this thing, it, it hauled, it hauled, well, I'll just say it, and you can beat me up, but it hauled ass all the way up to uh, to altitude, got up to thin air, landed perfectly. They had a good day up there, took off, normal, everything climbed right out, got back down into the crappy air we have here in the Sacramento Valley. But, um, he he. When I met the uh, the operations manager a couple days ago, he's like, "Oh yeah." He goes, "One of our instructors is actually bigger than you, and he fits there comfortably, and he flies it all the time." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> so so I guess that's a that's a good thing. But uh, yeah, so I'm kind of excited about doing that and go get that check out. And um, I actually in our show notes I put the link to the to the school. Um, a few of the local listeners um, have already liked and followed it, so. Maybe they're going to pick up some more, um, some more students. The other plane that should be here today, tomorrow, they picked up a Cessna 120. I think Ooh. that's what it was. Tailwheel. Yeah, nice. tailwheel. So they're going to have they're going to have this uh, they're going to have this Cherokee, and then they're also going to have. I'm trying to get back to their page. I think I closed it. Anyway, um, but they said they said they've been looking and looking, and they found one. This well, they found one and they went and checked it out, and the useful load uh, was nowhere near what 
they the guy was advertising, and the condition one isn't anywhere near what it what what he was advertising. Is it, and then out of, it's go got a hundred horse Continental. I think so. Like I said, I I closed it's like up, I closed it. My buddy's Dean. Uh, my buddy Dean is Cessna 140, so a 120 is the same thing as a 140, except for a 140's got flaps. Um, so they would have originally came with like an 85 horse engine, but a lot of people did upgrades to a 100 horse. Let's see. Um, I just pulled up their website while you were talking. Yeah, it's a Cessna 120. It has her tail number. Uh, f- um, this one they went and looked. It's they got a an, an amazing deal. He wouldn't tell me what they got it for, obviously, but uh, it was a, uh, a a senior widow. This was her husband's plane. He was the second or third owner, um, and she just wanted to to get it to a good home because she doesn't fly. And um, so they went and checked it out, and it's it's beautiful. It's it's white with blue blue stripes, and uh, it looks like it has a wood panel um kind of like i think it probably is like your buddy dean's mm-hmm. uh, but i it's in it's in the link that i put in the notes if you guys want to go check it out but it uh it has 530 pounds useful load <laughs> transponder radio 25 gallon fuel um so that it's going to be a, a great trainer so if you know we want to get your tailwheel then this is definitely uh seems like a nice plane to do it in yeah, when uh, Dean and I fly, I mean, we're—I mean, that plane is your shoulder to shoulder in that thing, big time. I'm yeah. sure. Uh, maybe overlapping each other's shoulders just by a tad, but it's—it's uh, it's definitely uh, cozy. Yeah, they're and, tight. And when we fly, I mean, his plane pretty much uh, sits during the summertime because of the density altitude and so forth. So he almost just doesn't fly it at all between June and August. Oh, I bet. <laughs> So here's the specs on this 140 that I'm going to go get checked down. It's IFR certified, cross-country platform, 160 horse, 0320. It's got a great climb, short takeoff, autopilot, Garmin GPS with IFR and route, 50-gallon fuel capacity, useful load is 900-plus pounds. 115-knot cruise, aero mods, um, uh, and a couple of other things. So... Yeah, I'm excited to go check this thing out. And if it's, I, I, I looked, I physically looked at it, and it's it's super clean inside and out. It's you know it's it's a four thousand hour airplane, um, so it's seen it's seen lots of use and yeah, lots that, of love and that panel abuse. looks great though. Yeah, it's clean. They actually went through and, and the whole panel has been completely rebuilt. Um, they added the GPS and um, the interior is, is all completely clean. Um, they they pulled all the stuff out of it and. Um, they have a mechanic that actually works directly there at the school, and he he basically toothbrushed the entire you know interior where your 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 bodies would go. So it's super clean. So we'll go I'll check it out and report back. And but this looks like for for the price especially, and and they have a block rate that'll knock like I think five or ten dollars an hour off. Um, so this may be a good get around California, get around to Southern California. I asked him, you know, what do you think it would would you know how would it handle going down to down to SoCal? And they're like, uh, have done it three times already. It flies great. <laughs> so um, it's a good excuse to to go down there and maybe meet uh, somebody from Arizona halfway. There you go. I'm up for that. So, yeah. So anyway, 
Uh, as far as flying, that's pretty much all I've done. And then the last of my notes was uh, no Oshkosh for me this year. But we've already we've already beat that, that dead horse. <laughs> we beat that dead horse. <laughs> so anyway, that's it for me. So how about you, Chris? Cool. Uh, yeah, well, finally uh, got a chance to fly uh, the Mooney um, with the instructor um, last week. <clears throat> oh, I think it, yeah, I did it like Friday morning at like 5 a.m. It was uh, a nice 80 degrees or something that morning, so I had to get out there and get it done early before it started warming up. But uh, yeah, uh, we um, took off and uh, just went out and did some pattern work over top of Lake Pleasant. Uh, not pattern work, but just some your you know typical maneuvers, slow flights, steep turns, uh, etc. You know stalls and whatnot, just to get used to it. And um, just um, teaching me on you know the engine. Th- engine throttle you know management and so forth um and uh and then uh went back to deer valley and i did uh six uh touch and goes and i tell you man that there's a lot going on uh, there's it's it's no more just like you know all right i beam the tower you know first notch flaps carb heat and you're ready to go pretty much you know because you don't have to worry about the gear and all that other stuff but uh but man i mean well first of all uh as Brad can attest to, they they don't exactly like to slow down. Um, nope. You need speed brakes. <laughs> that's that's a good mod to have on these things. You don't have it yet, but uh, might be a good a nice thing to have. <clears throat> um, you know, I'm getting nervous as I'm on pretty much short final at, at 80 knots, and he's like, "Going, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. <laughs> it'll be okay." And uh, um, you come in, you you know plant it down and take off it just it lurches back up you really got to watch the throttle especially with this turbo um what is it uh, i think it maxes out somewhere in the 45 uh, inches of mercury or maybe it's 50 Man, that's a lot of pressure maybe that's it's a fi- lot of pressure i think it's 50 inches of mercury and he says don't try to try to keep it at 48 or less um yeah when you you're get taking four off. seconds yeah the yeah. overboost you get four seconds of overboost, and then you have to rebuild the engine. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, you got to watch. It's just so much going on. You take off, and then the thing, you know, it, there's takeoff flaps. Um, as soon as you're off the ground, um, you know, tap the brakes, bring the gear up, and this thing just wants to skyrocket to the sky, and you're like, trim, 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 you know, to get that nose back over. Um, but, uh, I mean, it... it once you're established and you're climbing, you can climb at 500 feet a minute at 125 knots. It's fantastic. With, without a problem. Yeah. Um, but you're doing all this stuff. You know, you're you're climbing. You you, you get up there to pattern. Okay, now now I've made my turn. I'm downwind. All right, now let's adjust the prop back. Adjust the um, um, the well. I guess in the pattern we're just leaving the mixture where it was. But then you got to deal with cow flaps. Uh, just so much stuff. It was it was at least my fourth landing before I was starting to get comfortable with the flow of it all. And I, you know, of course you say it out loud each time, uh, instead of gumps, it's sea gumps cause you got the cow flaps added to it. Um, but, uh, yeah, a whole lot going on in a short time to get it done in. Um, and then you open the cow flaps pre landing. Um, let's see, open up the cow flaps, um, takeoff on takeoff four to, uh, um, cool the engine. 
on the climb. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, I mean, we open them on the ground and leave them open until we're through the climb. Okay. Um, but he he might have been just getting me used to that. I mean, actually, after we did that two times, the rest of the time we just left the cow flaps open throughout the duration of the touch and goes. Sure. But uh, I think it was just to get me to to know, hey, they're there, and uh, you climb with them, and then once you're in cruise, you can close them up. Um, but uh, yeah, just a lot going on, and uh, I'm sure it'll take me, you know, a couple more uh, flights to get very really used to it. Um, plane's got a lot more power than I'm used to, and just a lot more systems in general, and uh, it's fun. It's definitely fun to learn. Um, all the landings were really good. I was really, because uh, the last time I'd flown was December 28th. I mean, this wasn't just like wow. last month. I wouldn't. I had. I didn't. I didn't like. I missed a month. I missed six months. So this is my first time back in a plane period in the controls, at the controls. That is. So I was. I. You know what it was? I was really happy to be back in a low wing, for a change. You remember that's what I learned in, and I. I think I enjoy that cushion of air that you get that you can actually work with on a low wing plane more than a high wing, when you're coming into land. And you can just, you know, I can feel it a little bit, and I can work it a little bit, and I, I made some fantastic landings, you know, considering I hadn't been in a plane in such a long time. So I was happy with that. I like a low wing plane. So, um, and then uh, uh, today I went flying. Matter of fact, I just got back uh, two hours ago or three hours ago, as it were. Uh, uh, Franz and I. Um, flew down to uh, California. We uh, he needed to uh, meet with some guy about a car, and so what better way to do that than to uh, take your plane down there and do it? And we needed to test out the O2 system uh, in the uh, in the Mooney, anyways, to make sure we knew how it worked properly and and that it was working properly. Before we did that, though, we had his, the, our CFI that uh, it, it was teaching me and, and taught Franz in, in his plane. He goes, how, we asked him, you know, how does this work? We got the cannulas and everything. Uh, so he goes, here's how they hook up. Here's the lever to turn the oxygen on. And then you go back to your hose, and there's a little dial that you can turn to adjust the flow of oxygen. And, here, and then it has a little um, uh, ball float meter that you hold up, and you twist the dial to allow more or less, <clears throat> you know, oxygen flow through there. And the little meter show, it has... Um, like altitudes on it. So here's the flow if you're at 8,000. Here's the flow if you're at 14,000, et cetera, et cetera. So he showed us how all that works. So this morning uh, we we uh, got to the airport bright and early at uh, 6 o'clock and, and um, started up the plane and, and taxied it across the airport over to Cutter Aviation and had them uh, fill up the oxygen for us because there was only like 300 pounds left in it and it holds like 2,000 pounds. So... We had to go over there and, and get it filled up, and then we headed out to uh, John Wayne Airport <clears throat> in uh, Santa Ana, California, just right there on the coast. Um, it uh, it's it was just a little bit over a two-hour flight, probably about two and a half hours from Deer Valley to there. Um, we had a little bit of a headwind, and uh, but on the way home, we we made it in two hours flat. So that's not bad, considering that would be easily all day a seven-hour drive from Phoenix. Right. So that's fantastic. Um, 
and so that that was a lot of fun. We got up there and and uh, we cruised at uh, fifteen. No wait, fourteen five one way and thirteen five the other way. And I have a pulse oximeter, so we were testing um, ourselves as we were gaining altitude. We were putting on the pulse oximeter and taking readings and to see what uh, our uh, pulse ox our, our pulse was and our our, our uh, blood oxygen was reading at. And um, and my wife's an ER nurse, as you know, so she tells me that you know anything at like anything at ninety percent ninety percent or at a ninety oxygen level, whatever. I don't know if it's a percent or whatever it works it's out. It's a percentage. It is. It's a percentage, yeah. 90% or higher is, is good. Yeah, 90% or lower. And they actually in the low 90s, they would even put you on oxygen in the hospital. And yep. uh, so sure enough, that's what it was that we threw, threw on the cannulas. And after about five minutes, took the reading again and boom, right back up there in the mid to upper 90s. So it's doing its job. You know, it, the thing is, though, <clears throat> it's those ones that – it wraps around your ears and then kind of goes under your nose and has that wide thing across your lip. Looks like a stupid mustache or something. It, and it, it's really it's somewhat annoying for a long trip. I, I don't think I could stand it for more than two or three hours at most. But first of all, the the um, air really dries you out because uh, it's very dry oxygen, of course, um, and it's a little bit cold at the same time. So. Uh, Lucas was telling us that the CFI, he goes, you know what? I just kind of throw it in my mouth and just kind of sip on it. Um, so that's another way of, of going about it, I guess. So anyways, it was a lot of fun. Um, had some, uh, pretty good speed coming back. Uh, was hitting in the 170 plus knot range, 180 or so in, in, in the, uh, in the slow descent back into Phoenix. We were at like a, Three four hundred, um, uh, three or four hundred uh, feet per minute uh, descent back in Phoenix. Once we were about uh, fifty miles out, just kind of slowly getting back in there, and we had a nice, you know, descent rate, uh, like maybe one hundred and seventy-five to one hundred and eighty knots at one point. So, <laughs> make up a lot of ground real fast. Yeah, that's when it's fun. Mm-hmm. And then you hit Phoenix, and it's 108, and then you know you're a ping pong ball inside this little bitty aluminum tube, man. It just bounce, 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 bounce. Ugh. Yeah, remind me not to fly there in the summer. Oh, oh wait, you won't have to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people don't <laughs> very much, unless it's really early in the morning. So we plan on getting out of here at Odark 30 um, on Wednesday to head to DuPage. And then I've already made our route, been working off of Sky Vector to make our route. Um, found all kinds of good gas along the way, as cheap as, you know, uh, $3.99 a gallon. So, wow. yeah. Wow. Nice. Yeah. So we're excited, and hopefully the uh, weather uh, plays to our favor and allows us to get uh, to both of those locations Um on the first attempt, you know, without having to divert, that'd be great. So that's about it. Anything else going on? Anybody thought of? Nope. Not that I know of. Besides everybody packing, getting ready to go to Oshkosh. Mm. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing everybody there. Almost everybody. Almost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> 
I still think Mark's going to surprise us and oh. show up in oh, like God, a, P50, a P51 or, or something. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, or in the Cirrus. Yeah. I, I, I went on, I was watching YouTube videos of, uh, of the, um, uh, ultralight, uh, base, you know, people flying in and out of the ultralight base, you know? And I was like, Oh, I'm going to hit up a couple of these guys to see if they're coming back to Oshkosh, if they might, you know, give me a ride. And so I sent a couple of emails out and I got one back and the guys, guys like, sure, that'd be great. So I think I got a ride in a, um, uh, a trike when we get there. Nice. We'll see. Cool. I think I saw that email. Yeah. I'm picking you up at Wilmer, right? Um, yeah. Sorry, Mark. That's fine. When we, uh, when we leave, when we leave Oshkosh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think that's right. I think that's right. And then, um, shuttle us over to, uh, um, what is it? MSP. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Minneapolis, St. Paul. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it seems like it was like so far out and now it's just like next week and I feel like there's stuff that I still need to get done that I'm not ready for. And I don't know exactly what it is off the top of my head, but I'll probably think about it on Tuesday. Um, I'm making sure. I know, right? Uh, oh, I know. The other thing is, is uh, I had I had my third class medical done too. <laughs> my mine mine expired uh, you know, on at the end of May, and I ended up letting it lapse because I wasn't flying anyways, and I ended up doing it in June. But uh, um, I went and went in and had mine done, and all is good, pretty easy, uneventful. Nice. So I'm only good for two years now because I'm past the forty year old age, but. <laughs> Oh well. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> I uh I just realized I missed another flight. I didn't have it in my logbook. Mm. Uh oh. Terrible. Uh, I flew out to Wilmer, uh coincidentally. Oh really? Uh, on Pre-gaming. end of June. <laughs> Pre gaming a little bit, yeah. Um needed to get out there and for a, a relatively quick event and it was like a two hour car ride or a thirty minute flight in the Mooney. And so I opted for the 30-minute flight in the Mooney and uh, got, again, the ability to, to put GA to use. Um, it sure beats driving it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I got to log that now. There you go. I I forgot. To, matter of fact, I forgot to log a, log a flight. That one that I keep talking about on December 28th, I didn't log that one until like two months ago. <laughs> or not even two months ago. It was probably like... It was right before, um, right before I did that flight with, uh, like two weeks ago. I put it in there. I remembered it. I just didn't ever take the time to do it. So now that I do the uh, digital logbook, I uh, entered in pretty much when I'm filling out my stuff at the flight school and paying them. Do uh, do those work like I? Some of them work like uh, they feel the motion of the plane start moving and start recording it then, and then when it stops. No, no, I don't do that. Okay. I do like literally log it as okay. a logbook. Okay. okay, like a regular entry. Yeah, some of them and do you that, can though, get right? signatures right? and stuff. Uh, Have you heard of that? I don't know about that. I don't know how much I would number one trust that. Yeah, number I know. Two, maybe for tracking, but now I just use ForeFlight for tracking. Um, cause it's built into it. So I mm. don't really know. I might just use, um, yeah, I wouldn't trust right now. The, I'm using log 10, but trust that. Uh, we'll see how long that lasts. 
I mean, first of all, you got to say, yeah, my GPS is never going to fail. It's never going to not get a signal. My phone's never going to fail or my tablet or whatever. So, you know, then what? So, yeah. Oh, you got to pay. Better usually, just do so. it. You're going to know at least the hobs are the tech time. Yeah. Good thing about the Mooney is that uh, the hobs don't even start running until you're uh, past, shoot, I forget what, uh, if it was like a certain uh, manifold pressure or RPM, I forget what it was, but uh, sitting there idling, it doesn't run. The Hobbs doesn't? Mm-mm. Uh, a Hobbs can be hooked up like so many different ways. It could be hooked up off of the master switch when you turn the battery on. It can be hooked up to where it don't register until you're past 1500 RPM or a certain manifold pressure. There's like four or five different ways that I've heard that they can be uh, manipulated to work. Well, the Hobbs won't matter for you in the Mooney anyway, right? Because everything there should be tack time anyway. Well, there's not a there's not a tack time on it. There's, oh, there's not. No, no, there's just a Hobbs. Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense to be connected then to a manifold pressure RPM in that case. Well, because uh, on the Cessna that I that I had been flying, the, uh, matter of fact, that flight on December 28th, um, after I got done at breakfast and I came back out to the airplane, I was like, oh crap, I left the master on, and sure enough, the Hobbs had been running that whole time. Ugh. I was like, oh, this is going to suck. So fly the airplane back, and um, I told uh, Lucas uh, what I did, and I, but it has a maintenance Hobbs, too, that runs differently. Um, and so he could tell by that, which wasn't running at the same time as the regular Hobbs, um, that uh, he could tell that what I told him was true, that it really wasn't running, and that I just accidentally left that on. So I only paid for the 2.1 hours I was actually flying it instead of the three or four, three and a half hours or whatever that it was, that was probably on the tack or on the hobs. I mean, that's nice. Yeah. It's good. They did that. Mm-hmm. Good guys. So yeah. cool. Well, I think we've covered it. Yeah. I got to get packing, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like take me a couple of days. Blah, blah, blah. As I hobble around. <laughs> we didn't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the dead silence. No, it's all good. I'll be there in spirit. Uh, How's that? Yeah, well, uh, no rivets to pull this year. No, that was pretty cool. Um, oh, I didn't do that last year. Oh, you didn't get a chance to do that, did you? Oh, he was too busy with now. the other podcast. <laughs> hey, hey, it's part time job. Exactly. I I can't help but keep busy. <laughs> <laughs> Won't be doing as much this year, but um, when when's so, when's Dave coming out with me? Oh, okay, all right. So he is yeah. he's actually um, flying up to BWI, so we're actually driving up together. Oh, okay. Um, since Damon decided to ditch me this year, I was surprised to hear that he he probably wasn't coming. Then then he was. So I was yeah, like, well, Dave, I gave him an offer he this. couldn't refuse. There you go. <laughs> Good deal. No, so cool, yeah. So, um, uh, I I'll be there all week. I don't know if I mentioned that before, but I, I we're driving up Saturday, so we'll be there Saturday night. Um, and then usual, we're gonna leave um, early, early Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Pull the tent stakes. Yep. 
early, early Sunday morning being defined as on the, Jeb, on the Jeb Burnside clock. Uh, before 6 Probably PM. the um, <laughs> night before on the Jeb Burnside clock. I don't know. As I in heard, before 6 a.m.? I saw what early actually was last year, and yeah. It, it, it sucks because we lose that hour coming back. And it's a long so, drive. It is. It's 13 hours. There was a faster way. 12 to 14. Yeah, well, I can't afford the faster way. <laughs> Not with the stupid stuff. I even actually... Um, I even tried to um, price out what it would cost me to get checked out in a Cirrus with the five hours and fly up to Osh. Mm-hmm. And it actually ended up being the same cost as taking a 172. To get checked out and five hours? Because it's only five hours. Right. Wow. No, no, no. But like if you got checked out and flew up, the savings in time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cost wise versus the minimum on the 172. Yeah, gotcha. It ended up equaling out to decently close. And yes, it would end up costing more because it would take me, you know. 10 to 20 hours or more to get checked out as zeros, but ignoring that, it's the actual hours. cost to fly up was um, uh, roughly equal. Well, actually, the place I'm looking at has a SR-22 um, available to rent. Um, and a... Hmm? Hello? I think we lost him. Uh, sorry, I gotta look it up again, actually. They have another... Um, <laughs> Shoot, what is it? Mark, what was that um, airport we're going to? What's it called? If you're asking for Brad, it's Brad, Wilmer. Brad, sorry. Wilmer. And <laughs> you, you remember Bravo the, Delta uh, Hotel. Bravo Delta Hotel. Thank you. They have a T34B for rent. That would be awesome. <laughs> It's less than the Cirrus SR-22. I would fly there yeah. all day long. <laughs> Mentor would be bad. That'd be awesome to fly. Um, I believe you need to have... You can fly... You can actually rent it solo as well, but you have to be commercial rated to do it. I think commercial IFR rated to do it with like two or 300 hours or something, which makes sense. But um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I just, I just calculated it's going to cost Franz and I in the neighborhood of 800 bucks in fuel. That's that's not terrible. That's that's no. Thankfully, that's gonna get that's gonna get us from. It's gonna be a little over that probably. It's from Phoenix to DuPage, DuPage to Oshkosh, and then Oshkosh to um, Wilmer. That's uh, figuring at a hundred. Sooner or later, that plane's gonna have to come home. Yeah, and then we gotta go. Well, I may or may not go back to Wilmer to pick it up. So I I might, but I might not. It just depends. Um, He's definitely got to go pick it up and and fly it back, but uh, I don't know if I'm going to be with him during that point or not. It'll be up there a couple of months uh, getting those tanks resealed. So yeah, September is a good time. Yeah. Ice hasn't started yet. <laughs> I mean, not at the altitudes that I fly at. The altitudes that you fly at, yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, it's got de-ice boots and uh, hot prop, so. Might get a chance to use those. Hopefully not. <laughs> not without an instrument rating. Oh. <laughs> I guess that's not relevant. Huh? Well, I mean, if it happens, it happens. I mean, 
if I'm at 10,000 yeah. feet and it I start icing up, I start icing up, I can't tell it, don't ice up because I don't got an instrument rating. <laughs> well, if you're at 10,000 feet and it's icing up, it's because you've already violated the fact that you don't have an instrument rating. Oh, <laughs> like, well. Ice doesn't happen in VMC. Well, I, yeah, I guess it could be moisture out there, but uh, try not to fly through clouds, right? It's a good idea. Yeah. Around them. Over them. Under them. Not through them. There you go. You could fly over the Minneapolis Bravo since it's going to be right in your way on the way back to Wilmer. Mm-hmm. But Surf. you're going to need to start your descent from 10,500 feet, I like the instant you're past the patch of the Bravo. I see that. Surface to 10,000, huh? Yeah. Cool. Wow. All right. Well, we should wrap Shout this up. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'll give one to Icon on successfully getting their aircraft into production. The first one, first delivery is at Osh. Am I correct? That's right. That is correct, sir. Friday? That is awesome. And they're flying it from a half hour away from my house. Nice. <laughs> so you guys getting a used plane? What? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just unhook the hobs all the way there. There you go. Yeah, that'll <laughs> fix the engine. <laughs> and... Uh, um. What else? Was there a, some other first? Well, not recently, I guess. Um, a little while back, the first uh, um, production release of the uh, Sonics Jet. That did, that happened not too long ago. A couple months back, right? True. Also at Osh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, I just got a, a shout-out to um, 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 Lucas uh, for... Uh, Helping me out on on uh, getting used to the Mooney and look forward to uh, more time in it. And uh, hopefully don't uh, go back uh, to Alaska and and uh, leave me uh, without an instructor for it. Since <laughs> he keeps going, I think I'm going to go back to Alaska. I think I'm going to go back. And then the day that we were going to go fly, he was actually he was like, I was actually planning on going 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 back to Alaska today. I was like, well, I'm glad I caught you first. So, <laughs> anywho, that's it for me. I have none. Uh, I don't have too much. Um, I just wanted to do shameless self-promotion for a second. Um, if you're curious and you like coffee and you are curious what I've been up to and why I haven't been editing, <laughs> I have an app I've been making and you have an iPhone and Apple Watch. Um, grindapp.coffee is where that is get notifications on it um, coming soon um, but that's really what I've been busy with most of the time um, and, and, trying to and, set that up and selflessly promote what's it do it, it's coffee companion app um, if you like want to brew a good cup of coffee uh, it'll guide you through it uh, it basically asks you how you want to brew it uh, I brew with a Chemex every day um, which is kind of this glass looks like a french press uh, not quite. Um, it's got a filter on the top, and you basically hand pour. It's one of those pour-over coffee makers, but it's like cool. the craft and pour-over in one. Um, but it, I do handle French press. We handle um, 
a regular coffee maker because it'll also give you the amounts. So if you have like, you know, you know how to make your cup of coffee every day, but then um, some friends come over and all of a sudden you're like, I don't know how much coffee to use. Well, this will kind of tell you. It asks you if you want to make a mug or travel mug and how much you want to make and kind of guides you through it. And then step by step goes through the whole thing. So um, it also helps if you got a French press and you've never used it before. Somebody gave it to you and you can pick up the app and it'll tell you how to use it. So um, I've been working on that. Uh, and me and my designer also, um, we created a little shirt kind of in commemoration of Oshkosh. Um, sadly you won't be able to buy it for this year, but if you buy it, um, uh, we're going to sell them during the, during the week of Oshkosh and we're going to put an order in at the end. Um, so if you're interested, um, I'll have a link in the show notes to where it's going to be because that page is going to be going live, but, um, it's just a neat little shirt kind of has Osh on it. The, um, some cool things about. Um, the Whitman, the airport uh, itself. And um, for those listening, I'll clue you in. The coordinates on the shirt are actually to Camp Bacon. So if you ever need to know where Camp Bacon is, you can use the shirt. Just saying. Perfect. Um, but we're going to be selling those. So if anybody wants to um, buy some of those, we're going to put the order in um, right at the end of the show, probably on the 27th. And then um, it'll take probably about 20 days to deliver to you. But. Uh, I think um, Camp Bacon needs its own waypoint. It really does. Is that a, report, we should do that. a reporting point? Well, a reporting point would be tough since it's on the field. Well, it no, it'd be a, a reporting point pretty much for the um, grass runway. Because <laughs> they're always doing those little I'm circuits over anyway. I'm seconds away from the grass runway. <laughs> That's right. That would be reporting midfield downwind, I believe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Tower, we're crossing bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have bacon insight. (laughs) (laughs) On the Uh, ramp with whiskey. (laughs) That'd be good. (laughs) Cool. Well, um, that's all I got. So um, I think with that, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Let everybody know where they can reach us. Um, while well, we're not at Oshkosh, because hit us up while we're there. Um, but while we're not there, let's start with you, Chris. Where can we find you online? Uh, you can shoot me an email at chris at inthepatternpodcast.com. Uh, you can find me, find me on the uh, Twitter machine at cholubaz, and that's C-H-O-L-U-B-A-Z. Uh, on the Facebooks as well, Chris Holub, or, uh, or in the pattern uh, account there as well. Cool. And Brad, how about you? You can reach me at email at brad at inthepatternpodcast.com, on Twitter uh, at Brad Kane. Uh, you can find me on the Facebook and look under a rock, and I'll probably be there or at your local post office. Uh, and of course, Kane is spelled Kilo Oscar Echo Hotel November. And uh, that other guy who is not going somewhere, how about you? <laughs> Um, you can find me at Market in the Pattern Podcast. Uh, it's been so long since I've done this. I have to think about it. Uh, on Twitter as CA Pilot Mark. Um, let's see. On the Facebook. The Facebook. Drives my kids crazy. Um, yeah. And like Brad says, uh, on the wall in the post office, uh, under a rock. So, yeah. And not at Oshkosh this year. <laughs> <laughs> I would just like to state, I believe that you... Oh, no, wait, that's right. You dropped off early last episode, so you didn't get to do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was going to say, you were on the last one. Um, 
And for me, you can reach me at John at InThePatternPodcast.com. You can reach me on Twitter at Pilot Conway uh, and YouTube. Uh, you can find the FlyOPA stuff that I've been uh, working on at YouTube.com slash FlyOPA. Um, for the entire podcast, you can reach all of us at podcast at InThePatternPodcast.com or on Twitter is InThePattern or you can like us on Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash InThePatternPodcast. Uh, show notes for this episode and all of our other episodes can be found on our website in the pattern podcast.com. And uh, as always, uh, please send us any suggestions, comments, critiques. Uh, we'd love to get feedback from all of our listeners. And uh, if you can go ahead and um, hit up iTunes and leave us a review, that would be greatly appreciated. And for that, let's wrap up episode 55 of the in the pattern podcast. Like to thank you all for listening and remember make left traffic. You're cleared for the option. and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices